Hi, and welcome to the Economic Outlook podcast from PBS Michiana WNIT in South Bend, Indiana. I'm Jeff Ray, your host. We're glad you've joined us. Each week we dive deeper into the stories and things driving economic growth in North Central Indiana and Southwest Michigan. We recognize that people consume media in a variety of different ways, so we've created this podcast in case you prefer listening instead of watching. This week we're focusing on the housing crisis in America and in our region. We hope you enjoy. Please like us, review us, and share with your friends. The housing shortage is a complex issue that's been building for decades, and the communities that figure out first how to combat that shortage will be the communities that thrive. We're diving deeper into the issue of housing today with a couple of experts from industry. Joining me for that conversation are John D'Souza, the president of Cressy and Everett Real Estate, and Andy Place, the president of Place Homes, Inc. Guys, thanks. Appreciate you guys being here today. Great to be here. You know, this is a hot topic. It feels like communities across the country are talking about this, uh, you know, kind of trying to, do we have a, crisis, what's going on, how do we solve this crisis? And so we thought, boy, bring in two people with your expertise in to help uh, just dive deeper into your brains would be great today. John, we had you on last year mm -hmm. for kind of a similar conversation, but before we get started, uh, John, if folks aren't familiar with Cressy uh, Real Estate, talk to us a little bit about what sure. what that is. Well, well uh, thanks, Jeff, thanks, thanks for having me on again. Uh, Cressy Never Real Estate is a locally owned uh, real estate um, brokerage. We've been around for just over 75 years, uh, have about 175 agents covering counties across northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. So we have a pretty good feel for, for, for Michiana or, or the South Bend region, however you want to call it. Awesome. Well, that's why we had you back, because we appreciate your insight last time. So, and, and Andy, you're joining us for the first time. So Andy, um, Place Homes is a name people I think around here are very familiar with, but if they're not, uh, tell us a little bit about Place. Yeah, so we basically, I'm a fourth generation uh, Place builder, so to speak, and we've been uh, building homes in the area for quite a while and pretty much in a 30 to 45 mile radius of, of our community. Great, well great, glad, glad to have you both. John, let's come back your way first. So let's just, let's talk generally just about the residential real estate market a little bit. You mentioned having 170 plus agents covering all these counties. What, what's, the, what's the market like out there today for homes? If I was a home buyer, yeah. what, what would I find? Well, what you'll probably find is not what you expect. And I say that, Jeff, because the headlines are crazy, right? So if you're just reading um, the newspapers or watching the news, you think it's up, it's down, you don't quite know. Truth is that we are still selling a lot of homes uh, all throughout the area at every price point. We're not selling as many. Uh, we don't have as many transactions, uh, probably about 20% about fewer transactions in the area, but it's still happening a lot. Uh, despite what has uh, happened with interest rates coming up and, and, and the, the government deliberately trying to cool the market some, it's cooled some, but it's not uh, stopped by any means. There's a lot of buying and sellers coming together every day. Great. And Andy, let's come your way. So you mentioned that you know, the company's been building for generations, many years in, in kind of the broad market. What, what's the, the state of home building right now? Are you building uh, lots of homes out there? We're, we're building less than, we, than we're typically accustomed to. Um, there's, I've been doing this for quite a while, so we've seen some of these cyclical movements that, you know, housing goes up, it goes down. And, and right now we're, we're down a little bit. Uh, people, again, what John touched on with the interest rates, it's just not as, you know, booming as it, as it normally is. Yeah, and John, let's maybe stay with that for a second and talk interest rates. I think as we were here last year, they were just starting to edge up. They're the highest they've been in my 
adult lifetime, I, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, so talk about that uh, just a little deeper on the, the, how that impacts uh, somebody's interest right now in either building or buying. Absolutely. You know, it, it is it is a very deliberate process. I mean, whether you like it or not, the Fed is doing what they think they need to be doing to control infla inflation. So, um, interest rates have gone up. Mortgages, the thirty the thirty year uh, fix, which is kind of the, the standard that we use, uh, touched eight percent here recently. So it started. You're right. It started back in August of yeah. last year, and so it's had its its effect, its desired effect. It slowed down the housing economy. Maybe not other aspects, but it certainly has done that. However despite those rates today being in the low sevens, uh, we still see folks wanting to own a home and getting qualified and finding a way to make the expense of a mortgage um, at those prices and still coming in homes. As a matter of fact, we sold, I was looking at my notes, we sold 8,300 houses in the kind of the seven counties that make our region uh, in the last 12 months. Great. So there's a lot of transactions happening. Mm -hmm. Great. So, Sandy, let's come your way a little bit and, and, and sort of maybe build up on that. A little, you know, so interest rates certainly impact people who need to borrow to to pay for you to build them a house. But 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 over the last few years, we've watched um, supply chain, large rising infrastructure costs. Talk, talk about the things that are impacting your world in, in terms of on the cost standpoint. Well, we the big one is probably the labor pool, mm -hmm. where if you want to, you know, say COVID affected this, where a lot of the, the tradespeople pretty much that were towards the end of their careers just said, I'm out. Mm -hmm. So what that did is we had, I don't know, eight to 10 years where we were not promoting the youth to get involved in the trades, whether it's carpentry, electric, what have you. So there was a shortfall from that. And currently the, the pool of labor is a little bit shorter. They, they know that, so they're Take, uh, or adjusting their prices mm -hmm. to, to accommodate the, that shortage. But uh, that's just one of the other things. I, when John was talking about the interest rates, my first house was 7%. Mm. So it's not that right. bad. Yeah. It's just we were so used to three sure. and four. Yeah. So you must be a lot older than me. I remember them being <laughs> much lower. I'm kidding. I'm just totally and kidding. You know, so, I, yeah. Every now and then I still hear yeah. folks talking about the rates and they say, well, I'll wait. Yeah. And I say, okay, wait till what? Well, until they get down to two or three again. Thinking, no, I don't think yeah. you're going to live that long, right? right? Uh, those, those are, we refer to those years as kind of unicorn years. Mm -hmm. uh, they came once, we'll never see them again. So we need to get realistic as to what rates are. People talking in the sixes, maybe in the high fives, you know, for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's what we're going to be dealing yeah, with. I don't, I don't think you'll see the two or three. I right. think that was right. once in a lifetime. Yep. So, so, John, let me come your way, because I feel like communities all across the country are sort of dealing with the same thing, right? We, and, and I think, we, I feel like when we talked before, the, the housing crisis of what, 2008 or 2009 really right. sort of slowed down new construction. We're still, you know, trying to catch up. But so, so, so speak to that, like, um, whether we're unique in terms of these challenges, um, is this happening everywhere? Talk about the, the, is there really a, a crisis uh, out there as, as the news, I think, it keeps reporting? Yes, but not so bad here, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, Andy's right, we, when, when we went through the big crash, um, 07, 08, a lot of things changed in the, in the industry, including you know, how, many, how many homes are being built. But um, we are still incredibly affordable by national standards. Mm -hmm. 
I know that that's, that's going to seem so crazy to somebody who's trying to buy their first home here today, but we really are. If you go to any of, of, of other states and other markets, uh, they're much higher. We constantly rank in about the top 25 most affordable markets in the country, which is really significant. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it, while it's not great, uh, and we would love to have more affordability here, it, it is worse in other places. And that's a, a real draw for our corporate partners who want to bring talent to the area. In the, in the present and future that they know that we'll have, compared to other places, more affordable housing. Right. Andy, let me come your way. So, you know, when we started working together many, many years ago, yeah. hundreds of houses were being built in each community every year. The numbers are pretty staggering today when you look versus then. But just um, walk through a little bit of your history and kind of what you've seen happen over the last, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years on the, on the new home construction side. Well, just to give you an example, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but when you were mayor of Mishawaka, we did that project mm -hmm. in Mishawaka where we're uh, essentially affordable housing. Mm -hmm. If memory serves, we're in the 110, 115 for a nice 15, 1600 square foot two-story. Mm -hmm. Today, doing some of that similar, similar house in South Bend, we're in the 250s. So in just a short time, it's almost doubled. Right. And obviously a lot of factors go into that, mm -hmm. you know, supply chain, material cost, labor shortage, but um, it, it, it's really gone up quite yeah. a bit. So, so, so maybe dive a little deeper to that. And we, we talked bri briefly that like, um, there's a lot of costs that go into that 250, right? Because sure. you as the developer are, acquiring the land, uh, building the infrastructure, some of that kind of stuff. J j maybe speak to the uh, puzzle that all comes together to get even that $250,000 house. Well, that, I, that wasn't really with land included. Oh, that yeah, was okay. that was just the house. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we do develop uh, land as well, and what we're seeing today for a lot price for a third of an acre is double than what it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, again, has to do with land prices have skyrocketed, especially within an, a closer proximity to, you know, Grape Road and, and, you know, some of those things. But then you have your infrastructure with your, you know, your, your curbs, your asphalt, running your water and sewer, all those have escalated. So again, that goes back into why those lots are double what they were 10 years ago for the same thing. Right. Guys, we're going to take a quick break here in the studio. We're going out into the field. George Lepanyotis is out in the neighborhood. Uh, George, we're going to toss it to you. Thanks, Jeff. I'm in Mishawaka and I'm joined today by Jim Williams of Habitat of Humanity for St. Joseph County. Jim, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for showing us around this cool house. I think a lot of our viewers probably have heard of Habitat for Humanity and uh, and especially your chapter, the St. Joseph County chapter, because you made a big splash a number of years ago when uh, President Carter and his wife came to our community and helped with one of your projects. As a matter of fact, it was this project we're standing in, isn't it? It is, it is. Let's start a little bit, though. Going before that, tell us a little bit about Habitat for Humanity and what your mission is. Well, Habitat for Humanity, we're helping people with modest income become homeowners for the first time. And what we like to say is we help families build strength stability and self-reliance through home ownership. So that self-reliance piece has a lot to do with personal satisfaction and empowerment that they're able to do something maybe that they never thought was possible. And your mission, like everyone's mission, evolves and changes with the times. Mm -hmm. And right now the times are a changing. They are. Uh, you know, building has become as many of our viewers have experienced themselves, whether you're low income or you're not, building a home is much more expensive than it used to be. 
So you've had to adopt and change. Tell us a little bit about your new programs and how you're helping people overcome that hurdle, especially when it costs so much money to build a house. Well, there's never been a greater need for affordable housing in our community and across the nation. But if you talk about St. Joseph County, Indiana, there's about 14,000 families that have modest income. They're currently renting, but they're rent overburdened and they just see no way to become homeowners. Those are the kind of families that Habitat is working with. Now, what we used to do is give a 0% interest mortgage for the full cost of the house. The family joined our program, took about a year. They did 250 hours of sweat equity. We still require all of that, but because of the cost of homes, we've had to adapt our model to help them afford a home. So you're standing in a house that is about 1,300 square feet, three bedroom, two bath, full basement, one stall garage. As you can see, a very nice home, a beautiful home. But we're putting families in this home for $1,000 a month, and that includes tax and insurance. Wow. So let's talk about how you're able to do that. Right. Because as I, as we walk through the home before, and some of our viewers, our viewers will see some of the, the, the video that we're taking, but it's a beautiful home. It is. Um, you're able to do that because of, I know there's some uh, public municipal grants, dollars that you qualify for, and you help your homeowners qualify for federal programs, state programs, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of local support that goes into it, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. A whole host of things I could mention. One is just volunteer labor. That's a, a way that we keep costs down. Also, goodwill from our subcontractors and vendors that give us discounts. That helps us keep the cost of the house down. But you mentioned changing our model, and I could say we only speak for Habitat of St. Joe County because every affiliate does it a little bit different. Sure. But our families actually go to a bank and apply for a first mortgage and whatever they can afford. So that really fits the philosophy of Habitat. You bring what you can to the table. It's never been a handout. It's always been a hand up. But that's what gets the process started. And then we help them cover the gap between what the house actually costs and what they're able to finance themselves. So when we talk about that hand up concept, not only are they putting in the sweat equity, and is the sweat equity is into their own home, is that correct? That's correct. And other 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 habitat families, they can work on their houses as well. All right. So in in some way you're building a community within a community of habitat homeowners who appreciate the value of what you've brought to the table. Oh, absolutely. In fact, this is not just a neighborhood. This is a community. These are families that care about one another, that are looking out for each other. But one thing I, I forgot to mention, it's not just Habitat families in this neighborhood. It's 60% Habitat families, 40% just general public buying houses. So it's a very much just a, a normal, regular neighborhood. Yeah, and it felt that way. As a matter of fact, it felt very idyllic as I drove in. I mean, it's snowing today, so uh, that that didn't help it. But it is uh, it is a very, very, uh, very well-done neighborhood. Very, I want to say cute is the word I think of, but, you know, it's more than that. It's impressive. Right. As we talk about the affordable housing crisis, and I'm going to call it a crisis because I think it affects every one of our communities in our Michiana region mm -hmm. uh, equally, whether they're affluent communities or not affluent communities, our smaller communities uh, or our larger Mishawaka, South Bend communities, they all struggle with this low-income housing. Mm -hmm. um, it, and we talked about before we went on air uh, kind of how you build these homes and, and why they look like they do. Yeah. Back to that, you really are providing these people with kind of a dream, aren't you? I mean, oh, something they've wanted for years. Right. And and mistakenly, some people think that, oh, it's Habitat for Humanity. You're a nonprofit. You build a low-quality house. Just the opposite. When our subcontractors come and work for us and 
people that know home building come and look at our houses, they don't, that, they're surprised at how quality of a house that we build. For example, the insulation in these walls is not just your standard bat insulation. We spray in cellulose foam uh, and it's a very energy efficient home. You can see some of the cabinets, the countertop. Oh, I see that uh, solid wood and luxury uh, vinyl flooring. Yep. Uh, and a lot of this we get donated, we get discounts on. That's awesome. We're very proud of the kind of house that we're going to That's awesome. And it can t it's, it's visible, it's apparent. So uh, before we leave, uh, if someone wanted to learn more about how they could uh, participate in the Habitat, if you got a first homeowner, a potential first homeowner, where can they learn more about Habitat? This is a perfect time because we have information meetings going on right now. But go to our website, www.hfhsjc.org. Right. And all the information that they would need would be right there. Of course, they can call our office as well. We'd be glad to help them. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Jeff, back to you in the studio where you've got more to talk about on how housing and affordable housing really does help shape our communities and create a much stronger and more vibrant economy. George, thank you. Appreciate a great story there. Uh, guys, back in the studio here, kind of continuing our discussion. J John, let's talk about just, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the, just the market as a whole, how many houses are uh, out there. Just give us that perspective in terms of the, the, the number, the amount of inventory for sale now versus historically what that's looked sure. like. Well, um, it's, it's, it's picking up here recently, this last few months, which is great. It is still, though, by historical basis, half of what we used to normally carry for inventory. Right now, Jeff, uh, we'd like to think that we are about half the number of homes that we would think a balanced market would have. So, um, you know, it, it's still very much a seller's market. And what we would love to have is more folks consider selling. Um, sometimes they're really surprised to see how much equity they have actually built. Mm -hmm. If you've been in your house for over five years, you have a ton of equity. And maybe if you need to get another mortgage, you may be surprised by how small that other mortgage would actually be. Mm -hmm. So the rate doesn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. So we want to encourage folks to really think about that, to talk to their lenders, kind of see what's possible. And they may discover that it, it might be easier for them to sell and buy than they think it is. That's a great, great point. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, and John, you're exactly right. We are in the process of putting four specs out there right now that will be ready in the spring. We're not afraid of, of the homes sitting for too long, we know that they're going to be sold just because there is mm -hmm. some pent-up demand. And, and right. I, I had two calls last week from a family that has twins. They're expecting twins. Mm. You're going to have to move. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. So there, you know, there's yeah. there's a lot of scenarios that uh, are going to lead to people, you know, building or or buying sure. existing. And Andy, if, if if I'm one of those buyers who bought one of those homes you were talking about, um, you know, in, in the in the mid hundreds uh, the other day. I probably have significant equity in that house today. So if I take that equity and I roll it into my down payment for one of your new homes, uh, all of a sudden my mortgage is a lot smaller, right? Yeah. So, so while it may be a 7% mortgage, um, it's, it's still, when it, when it really comes down to payments, it's really affordable. And, and you could potentially have a, a larger home with more amenities yeah, exactly. for, the, for close sure. to the same price sure. of what you, sure. You're getting out of it. So. Yeah, and the same thing happens a lot, Jeff. Uh, um, we have a lot of family homes mm -hmm. for folks who have become empty nesters. We see this in a lot of our suburbs. Right. Again, they've owned them for five to ten years, have done really well. They would like to move to something else, maybe something a little smaller, mm -hmm. uh, more economical, easier to manage. But they're just not seeing the process. They're thinking about 7% mortgages, and that's crazy, and they stop there. They shouldn't stop. They should talk to a realtor. They should talk to a lender, figure out what it really um, could, could, could entail. And they may be surprised just how easy it would be to sell, 
take equity out of it and then get into another place that's more of their size. Absolutely. Andy, talk for a second. You're, you're, you're building it at several different price points. Is there a hot, is, is one price point more popular than others? Is the, the luxury home, the starter home, what, what's that look like? The, the starter home has changed drastically over the, yeah, yeah, the last, such a thing, yeah. last several years, so you really can't call it a starter yeah. home anymore. Uh, but the, you know, the, the 350 to 500 range mm -hmm. is doing very well as well as the the luxury yeah those those seem to be doing doing the best in, in that those sure brackets there yeah Let, let's 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 talk affordable for a second I mean because because you you illustrate a little bit in the first half the cost of some of those houses that used yeah. to feel pretty affordable or not I think that it, most communities are struggling with that the workforce housing that um, so uh, talk a little you know uh, I think we've established the cost is high already you know um, how do we get our arms around this affordable and make them affordable, I guess, for folks who uh, to buy that, that used to be able to, but maybe aren't now because of where costs are? Well, some of the things that we do is we try to, to design some of our plans that are less expensive or easier to build, which in turn would bring that cost down. Um, but when you, when you are building a home, there's so many factors that play into it, so many hands that touch it, so many suppliers, so many subcontractors that it's tough to manage and control all of those different aspects of it. But there, there's, there's some things that can be done today to bring some of those costs down. Yeah, and John, similar on the affordable, I, I feel like the state's thinking about it, uh, everybody's thinking about it a little bit. Any perspective on how to make housing more sure. affordable? Yeah, two thoughts. Um, as I mentioned before, um, the realtors use our, our advocacy muscle mm -hmm. this last couple of years to really get the state uh, legislature to look at this problem very seriously. Mm -hmm. And as such, they came up with a number of measures that are just meant to help and, like you said before, de-risk yeah. and maybe create some funds to make the our local communities a little bit more eligible to help builders like Andy and, and, and really de develop those things. But it's complicated. Um, the other thing is, you may be surprised to, to see, uh, I was just looking at the stats, in, in St. Joe County this last year, more than 60% of the transactions were at homes below 250. Mm. Okay, so again, everybody's definition yeah. of affordable is different, but below yeah. 250 could be one of those things. So people may not think that those properties exist. They're, they're moving. Yep. You know, fortunate to have a couple home builders up on the legislature, Linda Rogers and Doug Miller, who both uh, have uh, been great partners, I know, as we've talked about that in the last year. How do we get some tools, if you will, to help bring those costs down? But getting back to the original question, yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to come from our, our local, mm -hmm. uh, your cities and, and, right. and your towns, to, to come together and figure out ways, whether it's subsidizing some running water and sewer to some of these neighborhoods to maybe at least bring some of the lot costs down a little bit. But there, there's definitely some things that, that can be done with whether it's City of Mishawaka, mm -hmm. South Bend, that, that can be done to bring at least land costs down, which in turn brings new construction down. Right, more just a, a, a question, because you, you know, it, um, a lot of the new construction in, in recent years has been sort of on the outskirts of this. I think each of our urban areas and our viewing area would love to have more people back in the city. Is is uh, our lots in this city is it attractive, or is the trend people still want to be in a subdivision? You're seeing a little bit of both. I've seen a little bit of both in the last probably five years. There's been a, a hard drive back to somewhere close to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those lots or even houses were torn down and we've done several where tear down the house and, and build up a new one. 
Um, once you get a little further south, um, you know, a lot of those were back to the, the city via tax sale. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these local groups are trying to improve different sectors of uh, town to put in new product and they're getting some grants from the city which is helping. They're getting some state grants. I think there's even some COVID relief funds that they got. So they're, we're putting product in that 250 range and, uh, that John was talking about in you know, streets like Dubail and Dayton and really transforming the whole block, which is it's fantastic to see. John, speak a little just to the, maybe the community. I, I think um, people get myopic and think we just need affordable housing, we just need high density. Um, speak though, like I, I think as you and I have talked many times, it's the, the, sort of the whole mix is really what, what's critical. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, every price point matters a great deal and every price point could use more inventory, could use more product. So um, every, every builder has their sweet spot and they know how to do that real well, uh, but we need them at every point. We could sell very high-end homes around Notre Dame, those are selling. Yeah. We, can, uh, we can use affordable in any place. We could use uh, single-family homes uh, all over. Uh, Jeff, you and, you and some of your colleagues have done such a great job bringing, bringing new business to the area but we got to be able to house those folks as well, right? Yeah. So, so New Carlisle is a great example. Yeah, you know, we could use so much more housing in that part of the county, western part of the county, and Laporte as well. So um, we'll get there, but it's, but it's a real struggle now. Yeah, uh, Andy, in our last minute or so, you, you touched briefly on this workforce piece, the fact that needing yeah. laborers, as, as we're talking about bringing new companies here, we need labor to build those, but we also need them to be doing the housing. So make the pitch to, uh, to a, a youngster that's watching us today about uh, the kind of living they could make uh, building homes for get place homes trades. or somewhere get else. Get in so. the trades, because it, it, they, it can be very lucrative, uh, where you, you are not spending $200,000 a year for college, and when you're done, you're saddled with that 200,000, you're in the workforce, you're one, and you're actually making money, you're one. Yeah. And you don't, you're not, you don't have that debt. And the Home Builder Association is doing a great job. We uh, reach out continually to, you know, the building trades of Penn, Mishawaka, South Bend, to try and drive some of those kids to, to get in the workforce. And it's, it's working, it's gonna take time, but it's, it's working. Yeah. All right, he's Andy Place, the president of Place Homes, and John D'Souza, the president of Crescent Ever uh, uh, Real Estate. Uh, thank you both for being here. Appreciate the work that you're doing in the community to help drive housing and community growth. We appreciate your expertise, and we'll look forward to having you back. Thanks for having us. That's it for our show today. On behalf of the entire team here at PBS Michiana, thank you for watching or listening to our podcast. To watch this episode again or any of our past episodes, you can find Economic Outlook at WNIT.org or find our podcast on most major podcast platforms. We also encourage you to like us on Facebook or follow us on X. I'm Jeff Ray. I'll see you next time. This WNIT local production has been made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you.